0: New veganism was bogus, but my mind was really blown when I watched the documentary Beyond Impossible, how the fake meat industry is lying to you. The way these crops and plants are grown for the plant-based meat industries kills more animals and living things than the meat industry could even dream of. You don't have to watch the documentary to listen to this interview, but if you want to pause this, watch and come back. Beyond Impossible is the doc that really drew me in because it exposes the corruption of the fake meat industry and how it ties in with the sinister plans of a global elite. Harvard University, Internet Vegans, and the World Economic Forum all have one thing in common, a religious desire for the world to go vegan. My guest today who made this documentary is a celebrity fitness trainer, best-selling author of Fitness Confidential, Adventures in the Weight Loss Game, speaker, podcaster, and he also made Fat the documentary, which explains how the very misinformation and lies we told people on how to lose weight the last several decades actually made us fatter than ever. Subscribe and make sure you always leave the Spillover, a five-star review to support us. It is an honor to have the legendary Vinny Tortrich on. The Spillover. You've had a rock star life. You are a celebrity fitness trainer. You've written best-selling books. You've done documentaries. You've set trends in the health space. So talk about the moment that you really decided, you know what, I think I'm going to expose the entire plant-based cult now for the frauds that they are.
1: Well, you know, that's interesting because I I didn't set out to, you know, people who are plant based? Well, we used to call them vegans. And then they realized that their own connotation of being a vegan, when you think about it, when you hear vegan, you realize it's not a good thing. Right? So you hear vegan, you go, okay, this guy drives a Prius and his feet smell for some, whatever reason, right? Or he smells like feet. Um, and he's got a man bun, we, we have a certain connotation when you hear so they went, Okay, we're going to change it to plant based. I'm not upset with those people. Because a lot of vegans want to do the right thing. Like they're sitting there thinking, hey, I, I'm doing this because I want to be healthy. So who am I upset with? I'm upset with the leaders of the vegan cult. And when I say cult, I'm not being funny. It's a cult. Um, they're backed by um, PETA, you know, people for the ethical treatment of animals. Um, and they are also co opted by you know, some of the food companies, and and we could get into that later if you want to. So then they get these doctors to lie. Um, As a matter of fact, uh, my movie uh, beyond impossible, I was trying to bring vegans to the table. I wanted everyone to be in this movie. And I think you've seen the movie, right, Alex?
0: Oh, yeah, Uh, more than once, because I absolutely loved it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I you noticed in a movie, I didn't just say that I invited vegans to the table. I showed I couldn't sit there and show all of the rejection letters because there was way too many, but I took some of the biggest vegan doctors that we know, the the the, the superstars like Michael Greger and and McDougal and some of these people just to name a few, and also Walter Willett, uh, over at Harvard who runs Harvard, <clears throat> I showed their letters back to me on screen. I, I showed the letter I wrote to them, and then the letter we got back.
0: Vinny reached out to all of these people that are the thought leaders, so to speak, in the vegan and plant-based industries. He said, hey, I'm doing a documentary. I I just want to get to the truth. Let's debate about it. I'm anti. You're for it. Let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation. No one would agree to come on the documentary. Not one person, right?
1: Not one. As a matter of fact, um, we went back to him. There was one. Dr. McDougall uh, said that he would come on. He goes, yeah, I'll come on. But I'm not signing a release. Uh, okay, who? I, I mean, you can't. Anyone who's in someone's movie, you sign a release. It's like so. That's not going to happen. And then we said, okay, no release, no, no go. You know that that's that's a non-starter for any movie, right? Uh, think of any show you might watch. I don't know. If, let's say you watch uh, The Bachelor or The Bachelorette or whatever, and you see them, and they're out on the street, right? you'll see them blocking out people's faces because you can't get people's faces in, in in the shot without getting their permission, right? You gotta get those people to sign a release.
0: But what, so what are this, they so scared of with you? What is so scary about you to these vegan people?
1: I don't know because I even said, um, I'll send you the questions ahead of time. I'm asking you and the other side the same 13 questions. It, that's it here. Here. here the, by the way, no one on the other side asked to see the questions. Mm. But a few of the vegans said, I'd like to see the questions. Here they are. Answer these. And they were like, No, no can do can not do. I oh, and when you ask me what they're afraid of. I've had an open invitation. I've done now 2300 podcasts, the the fitness confidential podcast 2300 over the past 11 years. I've had an open invitation to all not just any vegan down the street, I don't want some, you know, you know, skateboard, you know, patchouli wearing, you know, dude (laughs) coming on my show. But any of the thought leaders in a vegan community, and they know who they are, open invitation, you can come on my show. And here's going to be the first question. As a vegan, if we did not have exogenous vitamins, vitamin B12, If you cannot take a vitamin that you buy in the drugstore, where would a vegan get B12? And once you successfully answer that question, you can ask me anything you want.
0: And why is that important? Why is that an important question for them to answer? What does it expose?
1: We have 13 essential vitamins. Essential means your body will not make it. It means you have to take these vitamins. If you don't get these vitamins, you die b12 is one of them. As a matter of fact, there are other vitamins that you get in such limited supply that it's criminal. But that's why if you see on cereals, it'll say, it, it, you know, just we give you eight essential vitamins and iron, right? Because in a vegan diet, they're lacking in iron. And they're lacking in most of the B vitamins. So Kellogg's will spray it onto the product. So right. you can, you know, it, it's a bastardized version of of the vitamins is not the best version you're going to get.
0: The trolls love to discredit me and say that my skin only looks the way it does because of filler and Botox, which is very funny and also untrue. The lifespan of Botox is three months. Mine right now, I'm just telling you the truth, is completely dissolved. The last time I got any was almost 10 months ago now, and I have maybe like a third of filler left in my lips right now. That's also almost gone. Unsure if I'm going to get that touched up at all, but I don't get filler anywhere else in my face. The truth is my skin is just in the best shape it's ever been. Thanks to, I believe, a serious diet overhaul and skincare that just, works. I use Nimi Skincare. It's modern skincare with timeless values. You're getting peptides, retinol, vitamin C, all the stuff that works by people who also believe in freedom, family, femininity, and faith. Their cleansers don't strip the skin, and the hydrating retinol moisturizer has aloe vera and jojoba oil in it, so you get the power of retinol without the tight, dried-out feeling. Their peptide cream supports collagen and elastin production, giving an Overall youthful look. Try Nemi Skincare at Nemi with my code Alex Clark for 10% off. That's Nemi with code Alex Clark for 10% off, or find the link in the show notes. Okay, so let's go into how you decided to make this documentary in the first place. I mean, with being a celebrity fitness trainer, were you just seeing all of a sudden a bunch of celebrity clients that were getting duped into this vegan life and you were like, wait a minute, okay, as a health expert, this is not healthier. Or, or what was it about the, the whole vegan diet that concerned you?
1: Well, look, I was in Hollywood for 30 years and I've worked with everybody and their cousin. And believe it or not, what people don't realize about actors, they think actors are pampered little, you know, babies, right? Actors are type a personality people. And I had actors who were vegan. But when you say, Okay, we need to put on some muscle for this role, right, you're going to be in this movie, and they want you to be muscled up, you know, you're going to be an action star for this movie. I would say to him, Listen, we're not going to get you there without you eating red meat. They drop the vegan diet like a bad habit. They just drop it like first period French, it's done. And they keep it that way until after the movie, and then they'll go back when they can go back to being a skinny wimp again, they'll go back to the vegan diet. But these people, when you said this is what it takes, the studios hired me to get you in this kind of shape, your agents, everybody, your managers, they just change, right? all oh, but maybe I could think of maybe three vegans in Hollywood and I'm actually friends with all three of them. So I'm not gonna out them, right? <laughs>
0: so you're saying I it's all the of, whole thing is a lie. I mean, none of these people that are like I'm vegan or whatever, because I care about animals, they're not even actually eating true vegan diets.
1: Most of it, like I, I can say there's some of them. Um, you know, my friend Alexandra Paul, she will not, she'll just say, I'm not gonna do the movie. There are some people who live by that, you know, they they will not touch meat, right? But they're we call them and they call themselves Cheegans. They cheat on the vegan diet. They they dub themselves Cheegans. Um, I know a couple of vegan athletes who are on the internet and they have hundreds of 1000s, if not millions of followers going, hey, I can run 24 hours without stopping and I'm a vegan, right? I'm this vegan athlete. Yet they're Cheegans. I know this because I've worked out with them. Wow. So, you know, you're you're telling a lie to pr- push an agenda that doesn't actually work.
0: Talk about the difference between veganism and vegetarianism. I mean, it sounds simple, but the belief systems between the two yeah. for people that are just very new to this or or ignorant
1: about it. Vegetarianism is actually almost kind of healthy, right? It's you know I I've asked vegans in the past to say, listen, if you're a vegan for ethical reasons, like you think that you're not killing animals, which again, that's a lie. You saw that in the movie. Um, I could have done 90 minutes just on that. And okay, I, I get it. You don't want to eat anything that had a face or that could look at you. I get it sentient beings. But if you're a vegan, because you think you're being healthy, we need to stop you. Or if you are against killing sentient beings, but you you're okay with eggs a lot of times you can get vegetarians to eat eggs, right? It's an embryo. Uh, you can get some of them to eat fish, pescatarians, you can get them to eat fish. So now you're getting them closer. You a lot of vegetarians will eat dairy products. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, milk, cheese, Th- this is getting you know, you're now getting a higher amino acid complex, you know, diet. Uh, now you're almost there, right? You can actually be a healthy vegetarian. But the pent ultimate is to to eat red meat. So the difference is, one will kind of shade the gray area. The other one is, you know, we're dug in, this is it. And that's why vegans, most vegans stop being vegan in the first Three to six months. But who who was
0: the original person that was like, hey, you know what? I have a great idea. How about we basically only eat these two items and this somehow is going to bring peak health? Like, who was this person? And and what was it that they thought was such irrefutable evidence that veganism was like the end-all, be-all, best healthy diet?
1: Oh, Alex. Young, young Alex. Oh, darling. You need to go back and watch my first documentary called Fat a Documentary.
0: Tell us. It was the one
1: that started it all. Most people think veganism, like when I ask people, I'll ask you, how long do you think veganism has been around in the world?
0: Since the 90s. Like, I'm thinking it's so new.
1: Okay. You know what? Most people would say, oh, it's been around since biblical times. No. Since Jesus was walking the earth. You know, no, because it was of.
0: impossible. People didn't have all these options. Like, you could only eat, like, a few animals that were around you.
1: Right. And vegetation and whatever you can find, Right veganism. There's a church called the Seventh Day Adventist Church. You know, I'm sure you've heard of it. Mm-hmm. And um, not a bad church. I don't have anything against the Seventh Day Adventist at all. But in around 1865, now I don't have the year exactly right. But around 1865, I think Lincoln was in office during that period. Ellen G. White was a woman who worked for the. you know, she was like an upper upper echelon in the in the church. And she woke up one morning and she said, Jesus came to me last night during my sleep. Now, Red flag number one. Yeah, Well, look, if I woke up tomorrow morning, and I tell my wife, Jesus came to me in my sleep. She would have me committed by noontime. (laughs) They were we need to get you help, honey, it's going to be okay. No, no, no. But in 1865, Ellen G. White said, Jesus came to me in my sleep. And instead of having men in white coats come and haul her away, they said, oh, what did Jesus tell you? And she said, Jesus said that we shouldn't eat anything with a face. So any animal that can look at you, any sentient being, we can't eat that. Well, that was a problem because we didn't discover the first vitamin, is what it was called when a German— person discovered it in around 1920 1925. I can't really remember. We discovered the first vitamin. And then we discovered that there were 12 more. So there's 13 vitamins in total that we need to sustain life. So anyone who tried to become a vegan back in 1865 could not do it in actuality, because you would die, you would die from veganism. But By the 1950s, we were coming up with exogenous vitamins, you know, centrum, if you will. You know, just some kind of way for people to get vitamins because we had discovered all of them. Now you had a small cult of people who said, oh, we can live this way and just take these exogenous vitamins. But it really did not take hold until the 19, um, I want to say 1960. Well, Encel Keys came around when, Eisenhower had a heart attack and said, okay, it was because he was eating red meat.
0: Mm. And that was the 60s.
1: No, that was 1957. Okay. And in 1957, Eisenhower had a heart attack. Ansel Keys from Minnesota University said, it's from all the meat.
0: And we hear that all the time. My My dad has major heart issues. He's had multiple heart attacks and all this. And every time the doctors are like too much red
1: meat. We're still stuck on that, Alex. But here's the deal. The part that Ansel Keyes left out was that Dwight D Eisenhower smoked north of three packs of cigarettes per day, every day. Let's not look at that as a reason the guy had a heart attack. Let's look at the fact that he also ate red meat. So did every other American. So Ansel Keyes started going down this road. In 1968, um, the left uh, was running for office. And um as as the left always likes to do, and I think it's a brilliant thing to do. Hey, let's give people a lot of free stuff, and they'll vote for us. It's, it works. They, they've been doing that since the beginning of time. So um, you know, the right does their own things. Like, hey, let's make everyone scared, and they'll vote for us, right? Mm-hmm. And so both parties have their thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and they work like a charm. So the left went, okay, um, we need to give people some more free stuff. So. Um, Kennedy goes down, Robert Kennedy, because the other Kennedy was already dead. he said, you know, there's a lot of poor people down south. So we're going to create food stamps. But we can't just create this willy nilly. If I want to run in a couple of years, I have to do something really big. So they started something called the McGovern committee. So McGovern sets up this committee and they're going to study hunger in America. And of course, within a couple of years, they figured out, oh, wait, we can now give people food stamps and no one will be hungry. Well, that people are still hungry, by the way. So, and we still have food stamps. <laughs> we call it something else now, but it's still there. Nonetheless, the McGovern committee met from 1968 to 1978, 10 years. 10 years. Now, let's think about that. We just had the the committee for the September 6th thing happened.
0: You mean January?
1: I'm sorry, January 6th, thank you, I'm old. So the January 6th committee met, how how long did they meet?
0: I don't know how long they met.
1: They met for a couple of weeks, it was on television. (laughs) It was like three weeks. Can you imagine that going on for 10 years?
0: No, so what was was this group trying to meet about with the food stamps?
1: remember Ansel Keys back in 1957 58. Yeah, they they had pushed food stamps through but they just kept the committee open. And they just kept meeting because they were trying Ansel keys was trying to push this thing into, hey, let's say that meat is bad and vegetables are good. So when the committee ended 10 years later, they just threw their hands up and went. And I have this all on film, by the way, I have the actual footage, you can see it in a documentary. At the end of it, they just said, I don't know, let's just go with eat less meat, eat more vegetables. And right after that, we adopted the food pyramid from a different country. We just made it our food pyramid. And then right at that moment, we started getting fat as a nation. The right food, the,
0: the whole food pyramid scam is one of my absolute favorite rabbit holes to go down. Because, I mean, once you find out how the government lied about that, then I think it really makes sense. Oh, well, they lie about all these other things, too. I mean, Big Food is no exception to all the other lies that were sold by the government. And I know that my audience um, definitely believes that. So you decide to make this documentary was it because you just saw how popular in the mainstream and pop culture and everybody was making veganism making it seem like it was just this victimless victimless thing it makes everybody healthier and you just knew that wasn't true or what wasn't adding up for you that felt made you feel like I have to speak up on this
1: meaning the first movie yes sorry yeah so I was out in Hollywood and people you know the podcast got really popular my book um, Fitness Confidential became a big deal and, you know, I was being I was on talk shows and everything. And everyone's like, you should put all this together. You have all this knowledge, put all of this together and do a documentary. And I was like, I'm not a filmmaker. Um, well, one day I was leaving the Adam Carolla show. And the guy that was coming to take my seat for the second half of the show, um, he he said, hey, man, I'm a big fan. I've lost a lot of weight, you know, following, you know? I was like, oh, geez, thanks. And we traded numbers and he called me. Uh, I called him because I looked him up and he had just done a movie on the, um, a documentary on the band, Chicago and guys, my age, we grew up on that band. Right. And I was like, Oh my God, this is great. And I called him said, man, great documentary. And then I had him in to do a show with me. And he said, you know, you should really do the documentary. And I said, Peter, I have no idea how to do it. He goes, I'll do, I'll, I'll, I'll do it with you. And I said, I don't have the money to do that. It's a lot of money. I mean, Everyone's telling me it's a half a million dollars. He goes, we can do it for 150,000. I will work for free. You know, we both know people in Hollywood, we could get camera people to work for free. Let's put this together. So I said 150. That's still kind of steep. I I don't know if I want to part with that kind of money. And he said, Well, let's let's crowdfund it. And so we crowdfunded it and got well over a quarter of a million dollars. We were asking for 150 and got a quarter of a million. And um, we were off and running. And we did this first documentary. It was picked up by Gravitas Ventures. It was put out around the world. I would be on airplanes and I would see my documentary up there. And I was like, oh my God, I can't believe. I would show everyone on the airplane sitting next to me. It's like, (laughs) hey, that, And and there was a young girl like you sitting next to me one day with the headset on. And I'm sitting on a plane. I'm like, honey, honey, listen, that. And she looked at me as if to go, Hey, oh, man. leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was just so proud of this thing being on airlines and, and just on, you know, every you know, on on Amazon and everywhere else around the world. And the and first be...
0: documentary fat, right? Yeah. What was that exposing the premise of that first documentary?
1: It showed how we got fat, you know, it, I went against the pyramid. I talked about Ansel Keys I talked about I went back to 1865. I talked about Ellen G. White. I brought it all up from 1865 to present day, all in 90 minutes. And um, it really it it really took the world by storm, much to my surprise. Um, Why do you think
0: it was so shocking to people?
1: I don't think anyone ever thought about it. I, a lot of people, we got, you know, I call them cards and letters because I'm old, but we got tons of email. I ended up having to hire someone just to help me answer emails. And that woman's still employed by me. Um, people wait, you mean the pyramids wrong, you mean heart healthy grains are not heart healthy. It was all of these things that were exposed that no one knew about. No one knew about this stuff. And um, it, it just, it, it was crazy making to to the rest of the world. Right. And um, because that did so well, we ended up doing fat, the whole name of the movie is called fat, colon, a documentary. And um, then it was so good that we did Fatter Documentary Two. And that was probably a better movie, but it still never beat do- you know, the first documentary did really sure, well. Yeah. The first one was like, you know, it's like doing Rocky one and then doing Rocky Two. You know, it's gonna do well, but not as well. And then, of course, when we did Beyond Impossible, that thing just meteoric. Uh, it's still. But why? Like,
0: why do you think that? Why do you think that Beyond Impossible ended up having such a cultural impact? When you're, you're just like, hey, I think the whole vegan stuff is a sham. I mean, did you expect that to get the same reaction as the first documentary?
1: I, I didn't. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't think anyone was going to watch any of the three. To be, if I'm being very frank, but the third one, I, I was just looking at. Look, I, I, I ask myself questions, right? And then I try to fill in the answers. I've been I'm, I'm a curious person. I've been doing that my entire life. So I see beyond burgers and impossible meat and all this stuff. And you know, coming out, right? It's, it's everywhere. It, it becomes ubiquitous, right? And I'll look around and go, Wait a minute. They're saying it's better for the planet. So at first I did. I just did some light Google searches. And What like, did you find? Well, the first thing I found was most of this stuff, is they, they get it out of China, right? But they manufacture it in the United States. So I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, the ingredients are coming out of China. So somehow it has to get here. That means we need to use diesel power of some sort or jet A fuel. Either you got to put the stuff on a plane or you have to put it on a boat. Oh, by the way, they have to get the stuff, they have to mine it there they have to, you know, that. that's...
0: Basically all, it's none of it is Greta Thunberg approved.
1: Oh, Greta Thunberg would throw up if she knew <laughs> the amount of energy that went into them get, just getting it to the United States.
0: Plant-based products.
1: A plant, yeah, the, the raw ingredients. And then you get it to a plant here. We actually show, you saw it in the movie, the plant mixing up this goo, right? And all of this stuff... And now I'm looking at okay. Now we have more CO two carbons going into the atmosphere, more diesel fuel going into the atmosphere to run these plants, right? But went, the okay, goop, so, the goop
0: for the plant based burgers, they tell us is healthier and it has all of these nutrients in it.
1: Well, you're getting ahead of me, Alex. So I was talking about the atmosphere. I was still on Greta Thunberg. Okay. Right. So, so I'm I'm going okay. It's not healthier for the environment. I can't imagine that a cow fart is worse than this. So now I'm looking over here and I'm going, okay, they're saying it's healthier than meat. Now, what can be more bioavailable than what we were made to eat 10s of 1000s of years ago? Right? You can go back to cro man, you can go back to you know, whatever, just go back to wherever you want to go back to. Whether you believe in creationism or not, it, you know, you go back to what we were before. We were made to eat other animals. That's how we survived. That's that's how our brains became the size they are and we are who we are. Okay. So they're saying something that's made in the lab is better than the bioavailability of meat. So I started going down that rabbit hole. And I couldn't even get close. As a matter of fact, when I was done looking at it, because my degree is in exercise physiology and nutrition, I compared it to an Oreo and it was kind of a, a wash. It's was like you can have an Oreo or a Beyond Burger. They're nutritionally pretty close to the same thing. <laughs> pretty amazing, right? Criminal. And by the way, they're both vegan. An Oreo is vegan and the Beyond Burger is vegan. And they're both about the same. Now, folks, when you go look it up, you're gonna go, well, he's lying because the Beyond Burger is a little better. It's a little more protein. And yes, I'm making a point here. It's not that different from an Oreo at the end of the day. (laughs)
0: I got a new neighbor in my apartment complex. We were both leaving at the same time a few mornings ago, and he said, not to be weird, but sometimes if your patio is open when mine is, I can smell whatever it is you're cooking, and it smells phenomenal. I told him that's quality steak from Good Ranchers. All meat from Good Ranchers is born, bred, and raised in America, and that matters because 85% of your meat at the grocery store is coming from overseas. Good Ranchers' cattle are always grass-fed and grain-finished. Their chicken is better than organic. Now, what does that mean? It means that the store, when you pick up a pack of organic chicken breasts, that... It says, like, organic, that really only refers to what the chicken ate. It doesn't mean anything about how it was raised. Good Rancher's organic chicken refers to both. Good Rancher's also banned mRNA vaccines for their animals while other meat companies are injecting it into their cattle and pigs. And I cannot rave enough about the new prime pork at Good Rancher's. Prime pork is like prime steak. It has more marbling, better coloring, and is more tender by twenty. percent 5% over other pork. This is 100% mouth-watering American raised pork that you can trust and seriously enjoy. Go to GoodRanchers.com slash Clark with code Clark to get $30 off your box of America's best beef, chicken, and pork today. That's GoodRanchers.com slash Clark with code Clark for $30 off. You can also find the link in the description. Good Ranchers, American meat delivered. Okay. There was an artistic choice that you made in the documentary, which was to use church music, organ music to transition from lie to lie to lie in the documentary that you were debunking. And I know that was a deliberate choice because you're proving the point of this is a religion. Everything when you look when you look into every aspect of veganism and the plant-based industry and plant-based diet, everything is a lie. It requires faith, just like a religion would to believe this crap. And I thought that was a brilliant choice.
1: Yeah, you know, we even got um this this woman. Uh, her name is escaping um, uh, Lear Keith uh, to be in that movie. Lear Keith was a diehard vegan her entire life. Um, And the she came, you know, over the years, she she was vegan for like 30 years. Her body was failing her even with all the extra vitamins and everything she was taking. Her body was failing her miserably. Um, And um, she was trying to grow her own fruit and vegetables and everything else. And she knew she was living a lie. And one day she you know, because she would see the amount of animals she had to kill to get that to grow right, the insects, and everything else would have to die so that she can have one head of lettuce. And one day she just woke up and said, I'm about to die. I can't live like this anymore. And I've been lying about, you know, since I started growing my own food. I'm out there spraying pesticides and everything else. I'm killing ground squirrels and, you know, moles and voles and everything else. This is not right.
0: Well, this is one of the biggest tenets of veganism is that people latch on to this belief system because they do truly feel like it's a morally superior choice when it comes to diet because nothing dies. Um, And I know that this is uh, something that you cover in the documentary, but for people that have not watched it and are hearing this for the very first time ever, why is it a lie that being vegan means nothing dies?
1: Well, when you crack land, when you just crack the land, you're killing you're killing, you're killing worms, you're killing moles and voles and things that live right below the surface, right? There's a whole eco structure that that just lives right underground. All of that is dying little furry animals, you know, chipmunks, everything dying, just to crack the land. And then uh, you go and you plant. Right. Um, So when you plant now you have to spray because you have to kill every organism other than the plant Monsanto. Has figured out how to kill everything except the plant. As a matter of fact, with soybeans, they they've created a, a super soybean so that they can put their spray on it and it won't die. Right. Right. So it's, you know, all these GMO foods and everything else.
0: Well, I just so- I just had somebody on the podcast um when this comes out, it'll it'll have aired before you. But I have this guy who used to work for Greenpeace, left, now speaks out against Greenpeace, but he is still so gung-ho on GMOs and that they're not bad and all of this. So uh, the audience just heard his defense of them. Now they're going to be like, wait, right. this guy doesn't like them. Well, look, Why? I,
1: I don't know if GMOs are all that bad. No one has ever been able to prove if they're bad. They're, they're, but they are genetically modifying crops, so that um, you know, they can grow better under the stress of these chemicals. Um, If you listen to William Davis, and he's got a compelling argument in his book, Wheat Belly, um, he would explain why wheat wasn't killing us before yet it's killing us now.
0: And you're talking about glyphosate.
1: well, not 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 just the glyphosates, but also, you know, in order to get it to withstand the wind and everything else, they started genetically modifying the 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 stock of the wheat and to handle the glyphosates and everything else that they put on it, right? So that, I don't know, I don't know where William Davis got his stuff from, and I don't know how pertinent it is, but he makes a compelling argument in wheat belly, and it would really make you think about ever putting wheat in your mouth. Um, But are they inherently bad? I don't know. But I don't I don't particularly care because I I would never eat it. Right? You you couldn't pay me enough to eat that. Um, So getting back to everything you're killing. uh, With the glyphosate, you're killing every worm, every bug, every, you know, again, sentient beings are dying. Um, And uh, when you go to harvest this stuff, oh, wait, before you harvest it, depending on where you are in the country, you're killing large animals. And you saw that in the film. Um, This farmer in uh, Arkansas, they go out under the night, you know, under the cover of night when these razorback hogs go and start eating the crops. They have night vision goggles. It's it's like, you know, it's like being in the army. Yep. They go out and they just shoot 1000s of pounds of meat per night. And but there's nothing they can do with that. Because where are you going to take Who's going to skin that who's going to, you know, no one wants it. You can't go to someone's house at two in the morning. go, Hey, we just killed 1500 pounds of, of hogs. Would you like these? Right? No one's gonna do that. Um, In some parts of the country, they have to kill deer, they have to kill, they're killing Bambi. So you can have a tofurkey. Right? They're killing Bambi. So anytime you're having tofu, and you're feeling all good about yourself, Bambi died. Uh, you know, um, you know, Piggy died, and is, They've there, killed
0: is there even any vegetables in this fake meat at all? What is in this food?
1: I can't remember all of the ingredients, but it's it's a chemical s storm as they call it. it it's just chemical on top of chemical. even the thing that makes it bleed that they call it heme,
0: oh, yeah, that grosses me out. It's like a plant burger, but it looks like there's blood. But what is that?
1: yeah it's it's just a coloring. you know, it's got chemical coloring. They call it heme and it looks like blood It's supposed to taste like blood. They want everything about meat except meat, which is nutty. And by the way, I, I wish I had put more footage of this in the combines, you know, people think that most of the little rabbits and squirrels and everything get away from the combines. They have to stop these combines every couple of hours to pull out dead animals
0: pick out this is what's going on
1: um the the guy showed me buckets five gallon buckets full of dead frogs and these are the ones that they can get to Mm. a lot of these things get dismembered and end up in the grains
0: how do you explain some of these athletes and celebrities like cam newton especially talking about how like hey eating this meatless diet has made me stronger and faster and now i'm the supreme athlete
1: well cam newton is a great example because um he started eating a vegan diet and he was out of the league in one year. You know, <laughs> the receipts. So, so here's the thing Cam Newton is, was one of the probably best athletes in the world, went vegan, had a simple injury, and couldn't recover from it. Um, you take someone, uh, the guy who won the Super Bowl this year, um, uh, uh, Kansas City, really good quarterback. I can't think of his name right now, but the guy's Phenom. Yeah, uh, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes gets hurt in the playoffs. He's a meat eater. He's back next week. He gets hurt right before halftime in the Super Bowl. They passed him up, had him back in. No, this other guy gets a hangnail. His career's over. <laughs> uh, I'm paraphrasing here a bit, but you're right. You know, and I can I can show you example after example. You know, I go after that movie. Um, beyond, what, what do they call the movie, um, um, Game Changers, right? Where they show these athletes, that movie, I talk about it in my movie, Beyond Impossible. They they showed a guy, that they said, this is one of the strongest men in the world. It was he's like a, a
0: weightlifting vegan. competition winner. They said, like, he's the number one strongest man in the world, and he's vegan.
1: Right. And you see, I'm what they call a nerd. And when you're a nerd, you I've been watching strongman competition since the seventies. When I was a kid, they would show them on a program called wide world of sports and I would watch these programs. And um, I've known every strong man from the 1970s until last year. And they're going, this guy's one of the strongest men in the world. And like, Wait a minute. I've never seen him in the competition. And they're saying he's a record breaking. He doesn't even look to be of the ilk, right? He's not that size. These men,
0: He was lifting these little tiny weights in the
1: documentary. I don't even know what it's like. I went and looked the guy up and the guy, I found the competition he won. It was like in a town in Texas with like 1500 people. It was a vegan. It was a vegan festival and they had a vegan strongman competition and he was the strongest. So that's like saying you're the strongest of the weakest.
0: It's the whole thing is an illusion. The entire thing is a sham. And now we have the founder of impossible Foods saying, Hey, you know what? It's my plan to replace all the animals in the food system by 2035. That is 12 years from now. How realistic even is that?
1: Well, look, those same people have been calling since I was a kid. I'm 60 years old. They've been calling for the end of the world forever. I heard by 1980, by 1980, California will not exist. Because the water will rise so much, the coastline will be somewhere around Nevada. Okay, I lived in Santa Monica for a a long time. And I never saw the water coming up. I never needed to buy boots. So everything they say, like Greta Thunberg said, Oh, in a couple of years, you know, if we don't do something right now, how dare you? How dare you? How dare you? We're gonna be Okay, we've already passed a couple of those dates. None of that has happened.
0: Yeah, she deleted, she deleted the tweet. She had tweeted the world was gonna end. Did she really? Yeah,
1: but it didn't end, so she deleted it. Yeah, just moving on. Oh, oh, that didn't work, okay, moving on, (laughs) next lie.
0: If you have juice in your fridge right now, look at the back of the container. Does it say citric acid? If it does, that's something you wanna avoid. It's a preservative and flavor that's typically made from the mold of GMO corn. Yeah not from fruit. It can really irritate gut health. You're wasting money on food and drinks that make your family feel worse. Stop doing that and start spending your money on things that will replenish the body, your energy levels, and support conservative companies like Squeeze Juice. Their name is what they are, pure juice squeezed from ripe, delicious fruit like pomegranates and mandarins. Always fresh, never from concentrate, no water added, no GMOs, and no additives or preservatives. To my friends at Squeeze Juice, concentrate is a bad word because concentrate when it comes to juice means you're getting none of the nutrients and vitamins that you want in the first place. It's just a thick, syrupy sugar. Squeeze Juice is truly a tree-to-bottle product made from small farmers in California for the whole family by a family that loves America and hates big food. It gets shipped cold and fresh to your door on dry ice, They have five flavors that you can find at their website, shop.squeezedjuice.com, and get 25% off with code Alex at checkout. That's shop.squeezedjuice.com with code Alex for 25% off or find their link in the description. I don't get the cognitive dissonance of the same group of people uh, saying that, you know, all natural is better and all this. Now they're willing to eat completely processed food, which is what a plant based diet is. All of those products are all processed um and then you know they all hate big business they hate the billionaire corporations and all of this but the people who are now pumping out all of these plant-based products are places like subway and mcdonald's and burger king and somehow they're all okay with that nobody seems to see like hey what if this is all just a huge money grab
1: well look it's like it, it, it is a money grab you know this all this stuff starts with big food you know unilever which is like craft, but in Europe, you know, and we have all these big companies here. It's cheap to sell all of this junk food. It's more expensive to sell milk and eggs and meat, right? It just is. So they want to fill the aisles up with stuff that shelf stable, crappy stuff. And that's what everyone is eating. So it's in their best interest that we keep eating this way. They don't want to see it. And then, you know, look, if you go look at the and by the way, this sounds like I wear a tinfoil hat when I talk about this. But you can go look at um, um, go look at um, the the AHA the the American Heart Association or the ADA the American Diabetes Association. They're bought and paid for by coke by Kellogg's by you know, these big grain companies. So they have to squint and say, Well, you know, grains are heart healthy, they're good for you. There's nothing heart healthy about a grain. You know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That was actually started by C.W. Post, right? The guy that makes Post cereal. Mm. You know, all of this stuff is just sayings that we believe. I, I remember when everyone first started having cell phones, they would say, "Oh, you can't use a cell phone when you're pumping gas because somehow electrically it's going to catch the car on fire." Okay, if that was true, every gas station would have an ex linebacker sitting there, teed up, when someone brought a phone out, they would tackle. But that never happened. But every pump, Exxon Texaco shell, every pump had a thing that says do not use a cell phone while you're pumping gas based on nothing. That was not based on any science. It never happened. No one ever exploded by using a cell phone. Same thing with with airliners, right? You would get 20 years ago, you get on an airliner, you cannot under any circumstance use it, it will bring the plane down. Okay, if that was the truth, they would take those away from you when you went through TSA. Hell, they still make us take our shoes off because someone had some piece of a bomb in his shoes back during nine 11. Right? So today we still think, so if these cell phones were so bad, we would still not be able to use them yet. Now you can use them in flight. So what happened? What happened? You see, we're being lied to all the time, but we don't realize it. Um, during during COVID. And I don't like to talk much about COVID because people have their opinions, right. But I had to fly out to California from Virginia during COVID. And when I got to the airport, they said, get that mask up, put, put it on. Right? I went through TSA, the, the airports was like, "Wear your mask at all time. It's, it's fe- federal regulation. That mask has to be on your face at all times. No ifs, ands or buts. I had that mask on and tight because I'm not a rule breaker. Mm-hmm. Right? I get on the plane, they're telling each person as we're gonna plane, under no circumstances do you pull that mask down at all. Before they even told us to hook our seat belts, Once we were on the plane. They said Listen, FFA rules or FAA rules. Uh, do not take that mask off. Your ref- keep it on. At all times during the flight even if you go to the bathroom, that mask has to be on your face. So man, I, said, All right, I gotta keep this mask on. As soon as we were at, you know, altitude, the, the woman comes around, she goes, would you like something to drink? I was like, <laughs> Oh, love something to drink, but I can't drink with this mask on. She goes, Oh, if you have a drink, you take it off. Right? So, okay, which is it? Are we supposed to have the mask up or take it down? Because if I'm drinking does COVID not happen? Right. So you see, we're being lied to all the time. It just takes people like me to go and decipher what the lies are.
0: If so many of these fake meat products are actually being made by meat companies like Tyson, um, who is a huge investor in beyond meat, how are vegans okay with that? How do they rationalize that?
1: They don't because, uh, the, 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 um, the, the you know, it, it fits the, the in need, right? They don't care where it comes from. Look, <laughs> there's just a, as disingenuous as a nice guy. They don't care where the money comes from. Right? They're doing this all the time. You got Cargill, you got Tyson, you got all these big meat producers dropping money. So you'll go well, why were they doing that? Mm-hmm. Well, when you're at Tyson Foods, you give a billion dollars to something It doesn't mean anything. They were hedging a bet they lost because you can't get anyone to buy this stuff. I don't know if you notice the stock, but the stock has plummeted. And they've raised more cash, it plummeted again. Eventually, people are not going to put anything into this. It's over with the, the beyond meat thing failed miserably. Right? Yet, you know, you think Cargill or you think Tyson is upset? Nah, They got billions. You, you drop a couple of 100 million here a couple of 100 million there, you, you're hedging your bets in case things start going, look Ford is doing that right now. they're building electric f 150s. <laughs> you know, electric, what's going to happen? Do we know what's going to happen with electric, but every car company is hedging their bets. Right. And by the way, as the Greta Thunbergs of the world, again, <clears throat> I don't mean to keep harping on her. That would say, Oh, blood diamonds are bad. And you know, slavery is bad. No. Where do they think all this this stuff is coming from to make these batteries, right? Slave labor. But no one's upset about that. Right. Give me my electric car.
0: I think this is what freaks people out is that every decade there's this new fad of, you know, eat this, don't eat this, stay away from fats. And we had, you know, all the low fat craze that happened in the 90s. Don't eat this, supplement with X, Y, and Z. And yet somehow we're still getting fatter and we're still getting sicker by the day. So what do you believe the solution is to all of this? How do Americans well, know what to trust when it comes to what diet is healthier?
1: They, they don't, they, they don't know what to trust. Um, it's every man for himself at this point. Um, I, I get on the phone with some of the other top people in this movement of getting people to eat real food again. And sometimes we just get downright depressing. What are we doing? Are we making a difference? And I think we are because look, when I wrote Fitness Confidential 11 years ago, 12 years ago is when I was writing it. it has been out for 11 years. When we were doing that. The word keto didn't exist. Now everyone knows what a ketogenic diet is everyone knows what low carb is, people love it, people hate it. You know, so we are making a difference because you can't deny that when people do this, they lose weight, and they feel better and they go off of type two diabetes medications and they don't have to have the mask on to sleep anymore because of sleep apnea. You know, things change. And we're hoping that there's going to be a groundswell of that.
0: One of the things that, I mean, I think I was on the edge of my seat. I couldn't, my jaw dropped to the floor when I saw you mention in the documentary that the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset. All of them want this global food transformation. And how do they plan on getting everyone in the world to comply with this plant-based vegan diet? Why are the elites so adamant about us eating plants and bugs?
1: I I don't know. I Sometimes I think it's control. You know, they they want to just control the narrative. They want to control everything. Um, you know, it, look, it... <laughs> you're never going to get people in France to buy into this. These people love food
0: or like go African to... tribes or any of these places. How do you oh, get these on. people yeah, to do the, this? The
1: Maasai tribe is not going to go for this. They eat meat, they live on meat. You're not going to go to India. I've, I've spent time in India. I went across India giving talks, you know, 12 years, 10 years ago. And you're not going to get these people to change what they're doing. You're not going to get anybody to change what they're doing. Right? This is all aimed at America. And, you know, Western Europe, but most of America is not going to pay attention. Right. And most of can you imagine going to Wyoming and tell someone that you're not going to have anything except fake meat?
0: No, this is what I don't understand when they talk about how they want to implement this global world transformation. How the heck are they going to get it done? I mean, you know, it, the only thing I can think of is it would have to be forced. You would have to hold people at gunpoint and say you're eating bugs now.
1: Right. And no one's going to do that. Exactly. You, know, this, you know, all this, hey, we're eating bugs I like, Come on, what are, what are you doing?
0: If you, you follow? Toaster, what are you doing? Right? If you follow the money in the vegan world, where does it lead?
1: <clears throat> it leads to it, it goes right back to the World Health Organization. It goes back to these globalists. Um, and, you know, some of it goes back to, you know, big food, you know, the Unilever's of the world. Look, we, we, we made direct connections, we can make direct connections. It's not hidden.
0: Well, James Cameron, talk about James Cameron and how he's the person that's making a lot of these vegan documentaries. This blew my mind, too.
1: Well, you know, I was first before James Cameron, you know, um, Walter Willett over at um, Harvard takes money directly from Unilever. And um, and then he gets a scientist to squint and come up with what they want to come up with. James Cameron, one of the biggest filmmakers in the world, his wife is a devout vegan and PETA person and the whole thing.
0: This is the guy who made Titanic for the, you know, the nineties and the two thousands babies listening.
1: Yeah. We showed it in the movie. He, he made this movie game changers and talked to, you know, the whole thing was like, Hey, you can do everything you want to do on pea protein protein made from vegetables, right? You can use this pea protein to be as strong as anyone else. He had all of these athletes that were not as strong as everyone else, number one. And James Cameron, um, he had, I want to say, I can't remember, don't quote me, a 30 or $35 million stake in a pea protein company. So it was just a big advertise. The whole movie was just a big advertisement for him to build up his stock in the yep. pea protein company and then sell it. Put right? money
0: in his own pocket.
1: Yeah. James Cameron's not, you know, look, everybody's out there to make a box. And they're going to just say whatever it takes to make a buck. And he even got his friend Arnold Schwarzenegger to show up in a movie. And yeah, okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger, let's look at that for a second. The guy was the greatest bodybuilder of all time. By definition, the guy took drugs. He's a drug abuser, he's a bodybuilder. By definition, um, bodybuilders are drug abusers. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger went in the movie lying, saying he was a vegan. A week later, after the movie came out, he was showing his refrigerator at home, and nothing but meat and eggs and everything else. Yeah, we will say whatever they you know, they'll just say it. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Alex.
0: So for the audience that has vegan or plant-based loving friends and family members and they are like dying to convince them you are in a cult this is a religion it's not based in any reality what is like the the best way to convince these people that they're living a lie
1: you can't i I, I wish I could tell you that there's a way when they're in the throes of it it's like any kind of you know look i've I've had friends that became vegans Right. And we've lost friendship because I never tried to convince them of anything, but they wouldn't shut up around me. Yeah. And yeah, you know, at some point you you look at me and go, yeah, we can't go to dinner anymore. It, there's no convincing people. They have to come out of it themselves. And, uh, and we know 80% of the people come out of it right away within you, three months.
0: Were you ever scared while making a movie attacking this worldview that people would come after you?
1: Oh, oh yeah um it, people have um you know I, we get threats you know we get you know i get threatened all the time <laughs> you know it's like i'm i'm a health and fitness guy I'm a PE teacher why are you threatening me w- what did i do right i'm just telling the truth but people get they get butt hurt you know and they 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 just threaten
0: so you've come out with a lot of movies. You have uh, an amazing best-selling book, Beyond Impossible, is mainly what we're talking about today. But what is next in the documentary roster? Are you going to talk about seed oils?
1: We, I can't tell you what we're going after. But my thing now is to top what I've done before. But something came. You know, I, I started thinking about the next thing that's going on in health and fitness. That will. This is going to blow your mind. Tell me. I'm hoping. I can't tell you. Give me a hint. Uh, I, you know what? When the show is over with, I'll tell you. Oh,
0: oh. the cute servants are going to kill me.
1: Yeah, I, I can't. But we, we've already started working on it. I'm already writing it. As a matter of fact, right there on my desk are notes. So <laughs> if the camera panned down, you would see notes. Um, I've already started working on the next one. I'm actually doing the first shoot in June. Um, I'm going to Texas to do the shoot. I don't know if that's a giveaway of anything, Ooh. but I'll be in Austin, Texas doing that first shoot and uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens.
0: And where can people follow you, find you so that they know whenever these new documentaries and stuff come out that they can look forward to.
1: Hey, just Google, Google. My name is Hart, you know, Vinnie V I N N I E with an I E not a Y. Uh, T O R T O R I C H. Hopefully you guys will put it in the show notes, Alex. I'm, um, um but you know you can find me and uh, you'll find my website I have a PDF on that website we gave it away for free over three hundred thousand times um and we just started charging for it um six months ago four months ago and I'll tell you this it's only a ten dollar charge and the reason we put a charge on it is because I, I don't make a dime o- on that money we, there's so many people working here now, and you can understand this. You have a, a show, right? There's so many people that work for the for me and my organization now, and we have to pay them something. Of course, and we have to keep the lights on around here. So, I could be a five hundred one three c, uh, just like you. Know, <laughs> you I, I could I could be a nonprofit, you know, because I don't earn a dime from yeah, this.
0: Yeah, I like it. Expose big food. That's the Vinny, That's the Vinnie nonprofit.
1: Yeah. And look, I mean, I, we've thought about going that route. But as long as people give us enough money to keep this free, because I I make my money, I, I'm an industrialist of sorts. I, I have a vitamin company, I have a foods company, and I have a coffee company. And I never tell people they have to take any of my vitamins, coffee or food to be healthy. Ever. I would never do that. But that's how I'm able to have autonomy. I don't have to lie to people. I can just go here's the truth because I'm able to make a living somewhere else.
0: People will be so upset if I don't ask you as a celebrity fitness trainer who your favorite celebrity to train was before I let you go.
1: I'm gonna go with the one that they know the best, um, Howie Mandel, um, We because we became friends. Um, you don't become friends with all of them, but Howie was my favorite. Um, he was a few years older than me. We had the same kind of sensibilities. Uh, he made me laugh a lot. <laughs> You know, over the years, I had a lot of comedians like Bill Ingvall from the blue comedy, blue collar comedy tour and all those kind of guys. Also very funny. Um, I, I like working with Bill. I remember that guy being funny. There was actually a rapper. Um, I can't say his name because a lot of these, you know, I sign um, non, you know, NDAs, NDAs. Um, but there was a rapper way back when. And I would never think it was like, God, this guy's got gold teeth and everything. I don't know if I <laughs> God, he was such a smart guy and such a good guy and really gave back to the community and um always had a good time with him. You know, so over the years, you know, it was a rock star like that too. That I was like, oh I'd never be friends with this guy. You know, they they do a lot of drugs or whatever. This guy was a salt of the earth.
0: What a fun career you've had. I mean, now, I love it, this it because cool. you're always in a position to meet interesting people and then also learn new things. And I think that's kind of the dream.
1: I, I wish I could say it was a dream. It all seems like a dream sometimes. And I always tell my wife, if I die suddenly, get rid of my cell phone because all of the names are in that cell phone. You know, <laughs> in the, their numbers and everything else. Some of them are so famous that we have them under different names. And that kind of thing. Well, so,
0: if you ever need somebody to volunteer to go undercover to expose, like a chicken nugget plant or something, I will go into the chicken nugget factory and play the part. I'll put a wig on or something.
1: You would have to have your hair back in a bun and do the whole thing and wear the the, the hair net. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Vinny, thank you so much for coming on, talking about all the myths with veganism and all of this stuff. Everybody needs to watch Beyond Impossible and then follow Vinny online so that you can uh, look forward to his new mystery documentary, which I'm going to find out what it is before you. <laughs> We are in the middle of a food revolution. We're getting back to the food that God intended for us to eat. And every day I hear from conservatives saying, you've started this journey with me this last year and your family's health has never been better. If you liked this episode, go back, listen to season four, episode 18 with Denise Minger. She is an investigative journalist who completely dismantled the food pyramid that America used and taught in schools throughout the 90s. She was also a raw vegan before her teeth started to rot out. She is a fascinating story. You are getting two Spillover episodes this week. Friday, I sit down with a supermodel, influencer, and editor-in-chief of your favorite fashion and lifestyle online and print publication. That's a hint. We talk about the current state of the fashion industry as well as culture and a little bit of health and wellness because she also founded my favorite cycle tracking app. I get into the popular Red Pill Bro Twitter debacle and debates that people have been having about what age women hit the wall and so much more. It's a gorgeous in-person episode filmed at a stunning location. You can watch it by subscribing to Real RealL Alex Clark, on YouTube. So that's where you'll find all the Spillover episodes. I have a few episodes like this one today that have been in the bank that still need to be released, and they were filmed on the old Spillover set. But soon, going forward... Every Spillover episode, uh, for the most part, will be shot at various luxury locations so that it's really optimal for viewing. I know that video is like a huge component of podcasting for a lot of you and you prefer to watch. So this is a huge upgrade for you. And again, that's on the Real Alex Clark YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed and make sure for us to be able to grow and do things like this, you are leaving those five star reviews. New episode next Thursday, 9 p.m. Pacific, midnight Eastern, wherever you listen. I'm Alex Clark, and this is The Spillover. Love you, mean it, bye.